Pickaxe. Hey all, I'm Dr. Alok Kanoja, but the internet knows me as Dr. K. I spent seven years studying to become a monk and then became a psychiatrist. I want to tell you a little bit about my podcast, Healthy Gamer GG where we combine my clinical experience of practicing psychiatry and sprinkle in years of experience as a meditation teacher and sort of focus on spirituality. So on the podcast, we're going to approach very common everyday problems from each of these lenses. And what we really do well is blend science and spirituality to create the most accessible solutions for people for their everyday problems. So check us out at Healthy Gamer GG on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast of this week's One Life Left Radio Show. I'm Simon Byron. I am Steve Curran. It is 1.30pm and I need a drink. <laughs> um, that, dear listeners, is an indication as to the stress that we've just been placed under thanks to technical issues beyond, beyond our control, for beyond once. Beyond our control. If you listened to the last 20 minutes, you wouldn't know everything seemed fine. But if you listened to the first 20 minutes, boy, oh boy. Yeah, um, it is rubbish. Uh, we have to... Um, <laughs> We have to cope with uh, a lot of technical issues, so I've got n- no idea what what happens or no. um, or what it's like, um, you know. And most of the shows like that. So if you feel like b- bailing now, uh, take this with you. Uh, we mm-hmm. could do with your letters, please. We're off to Tokyo soon, uh, and so if you want us to either find something out for you or bring you back something, um, now is the time to write. Uh, we hope to record two shows uh, for broadcast. Uh, one while one while we're still over there, mm. and one uh, when we get back. Uh, but we're looking forward to it. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. High stress that sh- that show, Steve. Uh, so uh, apologies uh, on behalf of our studio. Um, are there any alternatives? We'll find out. I'm just not looking forward to the bit where I have to message people about it. I'm not looking forward to that bit. Because I'm going to go through the loops, and they're going to say it's all going to be fine, and then it won't get um get Charles Bot to do it. Hmm. I mean, idea. he can get very angry, and maybe he can suggest some broken sword bro- broken sword style solutions <laughs> to how they might want to avoid these problems in the future. Let's find out. All right. Um, yes. Good luck with that. Yeah. Good hanging out with you, Simon. Yes. Nice to see you. Right. See you next week. Sorry, everybody. Here's the show. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show and my name is Steve Curran. Hello to you, I'm Simon Byron. How are you, Simon? I'm very well, thank you, Steve. How are you? I'm all right too. I'm all right. It's very sunny today. It's sunny and it's cold and it's Greenwich Mean Time as we record Mm. and presumably as people listen. Mm. Um, So, you know, yesterday it was half past one in the afternoon and today it's half past midday makes no sense at all simon but here we are there's no avoiding it unless there is you know one of our friends simon 
uh, Holly Gramazio. She mm-hmm. doesn't. She doesn't do this. She operates at British, British summertime all year round. She just, you know, the man tells her the clocks have got to go back. She says, "No, they don't." I was trying to explain this last week to some friends of mine when mm. we were down at the pub, and I explained it very badly because they're like, "How does she do that?" <laughs> uh, so if you say you're going to meet Holly at ten, does she go, "No, it's eleven"? <laughs> no, she doesn't challenge you. She's just like comfortable that you are living whatever time you want to live, and she is living hers. I mean, it does sound very confusing. What but- time are we? What time are we meeting Holly? Well, is she coming on the show? What time did you tell her to be here? Exactly. She said, she said twelve thirty. I just oh. said, go. I just said, you live your life, Holly. Just get here whenever suits. We'll either be here or not. Who knows? Yeah, perfect, perfect. Um, it's been a. I had a, I had quite a bad weekend. Quite a challenging weekend. Why? Let's deal with it. Come on. Um. Well, for a start, my. My hundred and three day crossword streak ended. That was that was a shame. I'm sorry to hear that. So um what's caused its uh I don't, its I don't failure? Know. Mixture of uh, of um Spanish words and Americanisms, uh, basically. But that's fine. That's fine, I can deal with that. Uh had a very challenging moment when uh my cat was behaving weirdly, and so we thought, oh, should we Probably should do something about that. So I had to spend 180 quid on taking him to the vet. Well, rather, my partner did that and I had to look after our daughter. So that was that was unfortunate. But Simon, let me tell you about the most annoying thing that happened to me on Saturday. Um, you, you're a responsible adult, so you, I am sure you've got a series of smoke alarms up in your residence. In the residence, we've got two smoke alarms, one on the mm. ground floor and one on the uh, on the first floor, or if you're American, one on the first floor and one on the second floor. Okay. Well, we've got uh, more than that because... Oh, you've got I'm... more floors, don't you? <laughs> yeah. I live in a tower. I've got That's eight. That's how we know uh, who's in charge floor. here. No, I, I, you know, also have two floors in my residence, uh, but the people before people who lived here before us, much more responsible than us. So they've put up... Loads, Simon. There's one in each room. And on um, on Saturday, I heard that sound, that sound that goes, beep. What does that mean? It means uh, you're about to suffer a weekend of pain, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Happens, you know, between three and four minutes apart. Just goes, beep. And so it's quite hard to, which it's quite hard to sort of find out which of the many smoke alarms is making this noise. Because you think, oh, that that must be the one. It's quite loud, but they're loud by virtue of them being alarmed. So it goes, beep, and you go and stand near it, and then it's not any louder. So you go and stand near another one. Four minutes later, it goes, beep, you go, oh, no, it might have been the first one. Anyway, in the end, Simon, I, I, uh, I decided I had located where the beep was coming from. It was coming from the smoke alarm in this very room. Ooh. The uh, One Life Left studio room, my office, and so I was like, right, I've got it. I got a, I got a, um, a small stool out so I could reach the ceiling. Uh, you know, it's it's quite hard sometimes to get at the battery component, isn't it? On these things, you got to sort of push them in and s- sort of turn the bit left, turn the bit right. Uh, so I tried that; it wouldn't come out. 
tried it the other way. Uh, and then the whole smoke alarm came away from the ceiling. The whole of the thing. Uh, because it hadn't been secured properly. They hadn't used a rule plug, Simon. They just screwed it directly into the plaster. I know. I what? Know. Came away. Came away in my hand. And at that point, two things happened. One, I noticed a mains cable going to the smoke machine. And two, I heard this sound. Bip! from somewhere else in the house. Oh, no. At which point you just decided to burn the house down. Well, you can see exactly what I've done, Simon, by looking. Uh, you can describe what you can see in that corner of the room there. Yeah, I mean, that that does look like um, the sort of sticker that you would see on some health and safety warnings um, <laughs> with a red X next to it. Yeah, the uh, smoke alarm is now hanging from my ceiling by the mains cable. Uh, anyway, I, I thought... Well, I'm not going to do anything about it. Then the bip stopped. stopped. I uh, came to my office this morning, heard it one more time. It turns out it wasn't smoke alarms. It was the carbon monoxide detector in the cupboard. Oh. Out of batteries. <sighs> so there we go. That was, that was one of the many annoying things that happened to me on a Saturday. I'm glad to have got that off my chest. Well, I'm sorry to hear that too. Um, are you going to need to get a man in then to sort that out, sort that mess out that you've sort made? Sort that mess out. Well, uh, what do you think? So I've been told that it's quite easy. You've just got to put a couple of raw plugs in. Just do, just do some plasterboard raw plugs, on. Right, okay. So I might try that. And then next week I'll be getting a man in to repair the whole ceiling. Yeah, or just sort of push it back up and then move house. And that's <laughs> someone else's problem, isn't it? A bit of tape. That's across. what happened last time. Yeah, yeah exactly. Definitely. Well, I, I'm going to have to. Um, I'm going to have to get a man to sort out the um, the uh, remnants of the cheese explosion from last week. Oh, really? Week. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it's. I mean, I don't know what it is. The microwave. Um, Works fine when you're microwaving the porridge in the morning for your mm-hmm. daughter. Um, but when you put it on the grill mode, mm-hmm. uh, it starts smoking. And I can't see where there's, yeah, I don't, mm. I can't see where there's any sort of stuff on it, cheese mm. on it. Um, I'm going to go, I'm gonna have to get a Bosch man out. Get a man in. Like the old Harry Enfield days. He's going to come out, bish, bash, Bosch. <laughs> Off we go. Anyway, it's a new week. It's now 10 days. Until we go to Japan. Actually, ba, ba, fewer, ba, ba, nine. Ba, ba. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm loading up the ally with games that I will be mm-hmm. paralysed by choice with which to play. Oh, no, of course I'm going to play Alan Wake, Steve. Of course I am. <laughs> That's on there now. Of course I am. No, I haven't owned it since 2012 or whenever it was. No, yeah, I'm definitely going to play that on the flight. It's going to be great. Uh, do you want to tell I pre-ordered them? Robocop. I'll be playing that on the flight. Do you want to tell the listeners about the uh, extravagance <laughs> that we're booked in for? What and the um, the airport lounge that's rated two point three out of five? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the extravagance! Two point three. It's something like that. Yeah. You didn't tell again. us that when you said. I sent the screenshot. I had the rating on it. The only thing you were interested <laughs> in was the was what age it, what age it was a, it was suitable for. And yes. Two to ninety-nine. Age is two to ninety-nine. It's got everything you need if you're aged between two and ninety-nine. Either side of that, get out. <laughs> and it's just under forty quid each, Steve. Are you gonna get there early to use the lounge? Well, you get three hours use. <laughs> so yeah. Um 
and uh, the flight's at seven. Mm-hmm. Um, now we so I had planned to get that at f- sort of four-ish, but that won't give us three hours of use, will it? Because we'll because we'll have to leave the lounge to go and get on the plane. Mm. I, I mean, so how are get they, that at three? How are they policing that? Do you get little wristbands like you wristbands, do in the pool? exactly? Yeah, and you'll have to take your you have to you, you will have to wear trunks as well and, t- <laughs> and take your top off, and there'll be there'll be lounge guards, little shower blowing, afterwards. <laughs> blowing whistles. Well, I don't think this one has a shower. There's a shower in Terminal Four, but it says there's only one, and there the, the, the might be a, a a long queue for it. All right, okay, two point three stars. Well, look forward to it. Maybe we'll record the show there. It costs like if you walk up to that lounge, it costs a lot more money to go in. Mm-hmm. Um, so look, it's it's just under forty pounds each. It's the right thing to do. Right thing to do. Um, we're a radio show, obviously, because you might be listening to us on the radio. We're also a podcast, and we are primarily about video games. Um, today we've got video game letters. Bit of a drop off in the letters this week. Yeah, resting on the laurels, aren't they? Mm. Uh, we all have video game news. Charles has been busy this week. Did you take the news story request? Uh, I didn't because um, the I've tried I've tried Charles Bot with um, other news sites and it doesn't work on them. Steve, oh, okay, needs an upgrade to one point two, and um, we will have reviews later. I've been playing, been playing a game that I first played a couple of years ago, Simon. That's what I will return to. We'll talk about in the reviews section. Other than that, any other business, or is it straight on with Charles? Straight on with Charles, if you please. Me, Charles Bot 1.1. Nintendo has filed a patent for a dual screen gaming device that can be split in half, akin to a three decisicons but with a twist. The top screen faces outward when closed. The two halves can function independently, hinting at Nintendo's possible future plans. However, it's worth noting that the company has a history of filing patents that don't materialize. Meanwhile, Nintendo is reportedly preparing for the launch of the Switch 2 in 2024, with development kits already dispatched to key partners. The company plans to use its Nintendo account system to ease the transition between platforms. In addition to these features, the next Nintendo console may also come with three more silly features. First, a built-in banana peel dispenser for real-life Mario Kart races. Second, a voice-activated AI assistant named Luigi that only responds when spoken to in an Italian accent. Lastly, a holographic projector that creates a 3D image of Princess Peach whenever you need a pep talk. That's Very good, Charles. Yeah. Good, isn't it? Very good. What a great imagination. Switch to dev kits have gone out to key partners, Simon. How many parts are they in? That's what we want <laughs> to know. Have you seen these? Uh, have you seen the patent? I have not, put- no. This is uh, so first I've looks, heard of this. It looks like um, a. Uh, through, it looks like a DS or a 3DS, but um, mm-hmm. the idea is that they'll come apart and operate yeah. independently. Okay. So maybe, as you know, as you're flying to Japan, I'll be able to pop off. Give one to uh, me. Pop off. Here you go. I say, Steve, play on that one. I'll play on this mm-hmm. one and we can play some Mario Kart together. Maybe. Don't know. Curious. Curious. I saw him. I've, I've never seen this before. I, I think 
did I I mentioned on the show last week uh, that I'm interested in uh, 51 worldwide classics, and I sure saw that you can use that with multi-screen. Uh, in some oh ways. yes, yes, you, you can, can. You can piece them together. That's right. Hmm. You'll have to do that with Jonathan because you're sat next to him. I'm sat over the aisle. Oh, I'm sorry, Simon. Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, you, I've got to take one for the team. I'll be sat next to a stranger. Might be a nice stranger. Could be anyone. Could be someone with uh, who you can play 51 all-time classics with. I don't think so. They'll be saying, well, what are you going to play? We'll be, we'll, be, we'll be coming into landing. Why are you looking at your library? Are you going to play Alan Wake or not? <laughs> so um, do you think this uh, anything's going to come of this, Simon? Do you think this, this feel, it feels a bit odd, doesn't it? Well, it feels a bit late that if the uh, Switch hardware or dev kits are out with uh, partners at the moment to suddenly suddenly say, oh, yeah, by the way, it's going to come in two bits now. Mm. Um, feels like it's leaving a little late, but who knows? We've been consistently surprised by Nintendo's innovations, haven't we? Do you remember how angry you got in Edge? Oh, yeah. We've talked about this on the show before. Yeah. Couldn't believe remember the idea of a DS. How angry we all got when we heard they were going to call it the Wii? <laughs> Uh, I remember, remember I photoshopped on our blog a picture of a, a Mario cosplayer wetting himself. <laughs> I just thought it was quite, you know, quite a subtle piece had, of work. He just had more time then, didn't put, we? Yeah, put a put a damp patch around his crotch uh, and uh, did it. And that post was doing numbers. Um, and then our blog got taken down because someone complained, probably Nintendo. Yes, um, uh, you know, but that that turned out okay for them, didn't mm, it? It did all right. It was, uh, Despite your best endeavours. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it'd be, I don't know. It's, uh, I would love to know what is happening with the Switch. Uh, this by, cause by Switch 2, because this time next year, we'll all have one. Will um, we? I would have, yeah, it'll be out by this time next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not you, thinking, uh, what, again, Chris, Christmas launch? Again. Again, you can tell I've not been told because mm. I'm speculating. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, easily, easily. It will be it will be out, um, yes, around this time next year, I, I would have thought. Mm-hmm. Is that is that when people put things out for Christmas launches, typically? It's like October, I guess. I guess we I, know well, didn't, like, so. Yeah, didn't, actually, that said, didn't the Switch came out in March, didn't it? It came out while we were all out at GDC. Because hmm. um, I, I had to take a flight. It was out, it came out, in America, the last day of GDC, and it was, arrived at my house that day. I had to take a transatlantic That's flight. right. I without having Chris Grafts, I remember. Yeah. Um, and also, someone, when I was... Simon, when I was on a, when I was on a catamaran, someone who <laughs> is a key partner, I suspect, said it was coming out uh, for Christmas. And I thought they meant this Christmas. But I guess they meant Christmas 24. Well, maybe when you're next back on the catamaran, you can raise this with them, can you? <laughs> In a delightful twist, Sega's upcoming Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth features an Animal Crossing-esque island getaway, Dondoko Island. Here, players can escape street punks, fish, clear trash, and even customise their own home. This charming detour, revealed in a new trailer, is unlocked mid-campaign and is separate from the main storyline. The game is set to launch on January 26th. Before this, we'll see Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name, a spin-off offering insight into Kazuma Kiryu's life post-Yakuza 6, releasing on November 9th. 
It's all rather like my annual holiday to Brighton, but with less seagulls. In the spirit of diversifying gameplay, it would be interesting to see some Broken Sword-style mini-games incorporated into Like a Dragon. For instance, a puzzle-solving mini-game where players have to decipher cryptic messages or symbols to unlock hidden treasures on Dondoko Island. This could involve players interacting with the environment and using items in their inventory in creative ways, much like the point-and-click gameplay in Broken Sword. Another mini-game could be a dialogue-based challenge where players have to gather information from the island's inhabitants, using their wit and persuasion skills to uncover secrets, similar to the conversation puzzles in Broken Sword. These additions would not only add depth to the gameplay, but also enrich the overall gaming experience. It would is, they, Charles? It's my would dream they? to see one day a gaming news site pick up on Charles Cecil. Charles Cecil gives advice to Like a Dragon developers. Uh, the industry legend weighs in on how they could diversify the the gameplay. Um, yeah, uh, it's a pretty diverse game anyway. Not that you'd know. You gave up after 20 minutes, didn't you? You gave it a shot last week. I did, um, yes. And the thought of this, I mean, again, I do like all the videos, the trailers for these newer mm-hmm. games within the series, Um but the thought of you know halfway through unlocking an Animal Crossing style game mm. uh, terrifies me. I mean, yeah. I haven't got time to play these games anyway. <laughs> then to have a whole new game within them, they're just getting too big. Maybe this is Sega's Mega Game. Oh, good point. That would be a good way to trap people in a game forever, wouldn't it? If every time you got halfway through a game you unlocked another game <laughs> and then halfway through that halfway through playing like a dragon animal crossing you undro- unlocked like a dragon animal crossing tetris or something yeah it, it's just um i mean obviously the early games were um were famous for having emulated games mm-hmm. within them mm. uh but now they're going out of their way to design not you know brand new games that are emulating others i guess do you Uh, like that moment in games when you find another game to play i i really do feels but how long do you play them for well we'll come back to that in the review section actually Uh, because i did this did happen to me last night um but it depends sometimes i think they serve a really useful purpose when they are simple elegant like or or just you know as they often are when you're doing emulated things little arcade games that you can just play as kind of almost like a palate cleanser away from the the main experience of a 3d slog um but it also feels like it's it's hard as a game designer to reward players with anything right because you can't send them a prize in the post or can you what well exactly why not steve you're a game designer yeah, you've maybe, got maybe you should you've do. got access to the post office. But what you can do is give them more of what you know they like, which is more of a get. Oh, here's a different game. Now this, you know, it's been it's been done a lot now, but it's it does feel like kind of an act of generosity and surprising. And I think also that's maybe born from I don't know. It particularly works for me because I remember playing these games early on. Like you'd go, you'd be like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if you could play one of those things? Imagine going up to the arcade in. GTA and playing one of the arcade machines, and these days you can actually do that sort of thing. So it still feels special a bit. Uh, kids these days, they've grown up with it. 
They expect it, Simon. They're entitled. That's why I got out of the game-making game, Steve. <laughs> oh, three isn't firing, so... Uh, what? Can I go on to four? Or do you want me to re- I will upload three. Yeah, I'll do it again. I'll fix I can't, it. I can't remember what three was. <laughs> it was literally just working, and now it stopped. It was working on preview. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to delete all of these, refresh, and we'll give it one. We'll give it another go. Well, now we know how uh, uh, the children's entertainers have to cope with filling time uh, on the television. It's quite a skill, Steve, to um, you know prevent dead air. Uh, all right, news story three. It's not working. I'm going to read them out now then, You're Steve. Just, let me refresh one more time. It's quite exciting, really, because, you know, what we get now is the thrill of live radio, but pre-recorded. What a world we live in, eh? Steve has disappeared. Um, you know, if we were doing live interactions, you could ask questions um, about Steve, and I would, I would happily spill the beans. I wouldn't talk about that, though. So you'd need to... Um, refrain from that i'm afraid i think this is going to work now because the the part that flicked from okay let's give it a go blizzard is causing quite a stir with its latest diablo 4 promotion aptly named blood harvest the competition encourages u.s players to donate blood with the grand prize being a blood infused custom-built pc this macabre machine boasts top tier specs and a diablo themed design the sweepstakes open to all US players once 666 quarts of blood are donated. As blood donations reach certain milestones, players worldwide will unlock in-game items. So far, the campaign is 27% complete, with approximately 360 pints of blood donated. It's a bloody good cause, if you ask me. <laughs> oh, Charles. Well, maybe got hoiked off for swearing. <laughs> all right. I told him before, you shouldn't drink before, <laughs> you shouldn't drink during the day. So that's uh, that's a positive feel-good news story, isn't it, Simon? What it is, Steve, is PR agencies trying to busy themselves. <laughs> it's not enough these days for um, you know people just to write about games being good or games that they like. You have to come up with uh, ridiculous publicity stunts in order to get some space on uh, Europe's premier video game radio show. I mean, that has always been the case. You've been doing you, ridiculous you, stunts since I've known you. It used to be my job. It did. Oh, I, I, stunts, you, you'd be they, sailing things down the Thames every week. Never sailed anything down the <laughs> Thames, actually. Um, apart from maybe a pussycat doll. When, <laughs> when, when we launched uh, Candy Crush Soda Saga 2, although that wasn't my idea. It was okay. ridiculous. Um, Yes, they are things um, that people do in order to get coverage, usually outside of the gaming press. So it's unusual mm-hmm. to see these stories sort of trickle in. Yeah. Um, the other one that was announced this week was um, Konami have released a special um, Metal Gear Solid Shadow Moses unisex cologne. So you could smell like... Shadow Moses Island. This woody scent <laughs> will immerse you in the frosty evergreen trees of the iconic game location, Shadow Moses Island, with hints of myrrh. How iconic uh, is this location? 
Well, I mean, obviously, it's where the it's where the Shadow Moses incident takes place, oh, Steve. Well, yeah, I don't know. You get to just call something iconic. Mm, this <laughs> smells like the Shadow Moses incident. Um, it smells yes. iconic. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but there we go. Twenty-seven uh, percent through at the time of writing. Uh, so good luck to everybody taking part. You ever given blood? I've not. No, I've never had a, a, a reason like this to. <laughs> you just um, need to, you needed it to be gamified, did you? Exactly. Yeah, More yeah. than just a, a biscuit. All right. Okay. Cool. Um, I think Simon, you should just uh, read out story four, and we'll see what we can do. <laughs> Gameloft has announced that Disney Dreamlight Valley will leave early access on December the 5th, 2023, but that it will no longer be going free to play when it does. As we look ahead to the official launch with the learnings we've gained from early access, we've made the decision to remain a paid game for the foreseeable future, the studio said. Released last September for Switch, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series XS, Xbox One, PC and Mac, the game was previously due to transition to a free-to-play model when it left early access. The choice... This choice ensures that Disney Dreamlight Valley will be able to continue delivering on a premium game experience for all players, Gameloft said today. It's important to us that we maintain our promise to keep delivering free content updates that add new characters, realms, clothing, furniture and more surprises to your valley. Purchases requiring Moonstones will remain optional, fair and match the level of quality that players have come to expect. Players will still be able to collect free Moonstones via Dream Snaps and Chess or optionally choose to purchase them. I picked this story, Steve, because this is relevant. It's from VideoGamesChronicle.com. Well, it's relevant specifically to our, relevant to you, isn't it? To well. our families. Well, um, so the rotor system for Dreamlight Valley remains enforced in the, in the Byron household. Mm-hmm. Ramona will play it. Um, in the morning and in the afternoon and when she's not Kate will be grinding through uh, whatever it is that you need to do in order to uh, allow my daughter to buy some more things when she next picks it up so we've you know we're 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 reformatting our lives around the model of free to play and then being told yeah it's not going to be going free to play anymore now part of um the reason I bought it in its early stage was to get a little bit of a head start but then think because mm-hmm. um we bought it through my switch account so it needs to be logged on every three hours or something daft on the switch um to prove that ramona owns it um i just assumed in fact yesterday morning i set up a game loft account that would enable me to uh, cloud save and sync mm-hmm. with the free-to-play version when it launches in December the 3rd. Uh, that's no longer happening. So I, I I thought we'd be able to get around these constant online checks to see who owns it when it went free-to-play. We're not going to be able to do that anymore. What an absolute waste. Uh, and, you know, do I think that my five-year-old daughter will say, you know, that, it, you know, that, that, that it's important <laughs> that the game publishers have said Simon. that it's important to us that they maintain their promise to keep delivering free content updates. Hello. Uh, say that to my five-year-old. That, that uh, yeah, that everything that we've okay. been working towards has been a lie. Who knows? I think now what's happening here is that Steve's um, Ed, can you see me? On his side. And I can no longer... Hear him. Whether he's talking or not, I don't know. And can you see Simon? Uh, we're having some technical no. challenges. Oh. Somebody, somewhere, does not want you. It's oh, going well, isn't it? It's Welcome going well. Back. What happened then? Uh, I was reading the news story out. I didn't mm-hmm. see that the internet had frozen. So mm-hmm. I don't know how long you were frozen for. 
when we merge the recordings, it will no doubt have both of us talking at the same time, trying to fill the dead air. I uh, I read out my I read out my bank account details, and my <laughs> pin number. We talked about my mother's maiden name, mm. uh, and all these things that are now lost, lost to Riverside. And um, I don't know how we piece that back together. Don't worry about it. Like okay, let's just produce well, anyway, more content. We have uh, been lied to. Uh, all the effort that we've put in previously, uh, which I thought was working towards being able to share the same save game across multiple mm-hmm. switches. Uh, that Ramona wouldn't need to have an online check-in and that she would be able to play the game, mm-hmm. for example, on a long, long-distance long um, flight, now means that we'll be unable to do that unless we pay another £40 a copy. Fantastic. And all of this is why I I encouraged Alice's... Um, what would you call it? Well, I don't know. For those of you who don't listen to the show every week... Uh, Alice used to be, my daughter Alice used to be into Dreamlight Valley, but refused to go to the beach because that's where Ursula is. Um, And that meant all of the quest lines ground to a halt. And I was fine with that because it's clearly set up in such a way uh, to addict players. Um, Unlike Animal Crossing, where you hoover up everything in your village and then there's nothing more to do, in Dreamlight Valley, by the time you've hoovered up everything, it's all refreshed. You can keep on hoovering up tasks forever, uh, or as your partner, Kate, is finding out, you know, uh, you can put in several hours of work so that you can buy a fancy dress the next morning. Now, Alice got bored of it. Uh, I was glad that happened because it seems like quite a predatory system, especially when you are targeting the age group that they have targeted. Now, their decision to not go free-to-play, which is this 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 has all been aimed at and has presumably been their long-term goal, must be down to metrics they've got from the game. Uh, and they must be finding that it won't support that kind of business model, right? That, it, that for whatever reason, it's not proving sticky enough. The retention is uh, is too low. And so they're shooting for a more manageable goal, which is just a, you know, a decent game which monetizes in a classic by the game way, at least for now. But which still has microcurrencies in it and mm. has gameplay loops that are designed to adhere to that sort of yeah. payment model. So what you've got is a forty-pound game with a load of um, in-game currencies in. Well, the other option is that they know that there are DLC drops coming which have other characters that people will want in there and that will drive more people to buy the game at a premium price. So their forecasts have gone, well, we we stand to, you know, there's not a lot of point in missing out on another 100,000 people times 60 quid or whatever. Um, so, may, you know, their, their roadmap presumably still does have free-to-play on it in that case. Uh, it's just not quite yet. Well, thanks for the lies. <laughs> All right, uh, news story five. This is from Eurogamer. Magic the Gathering's head designer, Mark Rosewater, has responded to criticism from fans who think he's gone back on his word that Magic the Gathering would be one cohesive game and refrain from introducing crossover promotions to the fan-favourite collectible card game. The comments come after Wizards of the Coast recently revealed what new crossover expansions Magic the Gathering fans can expect to see this year, including new sets based upon Final Fantasy, 
Fallout and the Assassin's Creed series. Back in 2018, Rosewater was asked if Wizards of the Coast would ever consider licensing a different IP and creating different cards for it. In response, he said that the team thought it was important that Magic is one cohesive game and not a hodgepodge of different things. In other words, we want magic to be our thing and not someone else's, he said, adding that we want our settings to be our own and prefer building it on our worlds rather than other people's worlds. Worlds, worlds, sorry. As spotted by the gamer, Rosewater says that whilst the team's position on this had now changed, (laughs) he 100% believed the things I said when I said it. Uh, my goal on this blog is to share with you my best sense of where magic design is at that moment, Rosewater said. Often magic moves in difference I can't predict. Mm-hmm. If you asked me 10 years ago, as many people actually did, I wouldn't have predicted universes beyond. But now I'm knee deep, knee deep in it, and I've seen a lot of data based on the ones we've released. I'm a convert and believe <laughs> it's something that will bring, bring lots of happiness to magic players. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I 100% yeah. believed it when I said it, Steve. Yeah, me too. I, I, can't I? Well, he's I, not saying he's changed his mind. He's saying that uh, he's been converted. I think that's. Um, I think if you open a dictionary and look up the definition of principles, <laughs> I, I think it says it's fine if you know if you no longer believe what you said you believed, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I guess you know the one person does not make a game it is we live in a democracy simon and if if the whole of the team said yeah we want to have we want to have um what is an inappropriate franchise we want to have the cast of my little pony in magic we want to do some if if the t- who is he to argue against that magic moves in mysterious ways <laughs> is, that, is that it yeah you can't mm. predict it can't predict yeah. it we could predict it if you talked to the, you know, the heads of the company who said, "Look, we want to license loads of stuff in and like bring more players to Magic and earn loads of money from it." So we're going to do this, and he probably said, "All right, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough." There we go. Oh, that's the end of the news section, and it's hard work, wasn't it? Hard work, and apologies to those of you who um, who are big fans of Charles Bot. Uh, apologies to you simon for having to read out the news after your wonderful generation as well uh, and i will write a stern letter to riverside after this to find out what happened good and then maybe we can read it out as a letter of apology next week here's an ident you're listening to one life left on resonance 104.4 fm which is a radio station we used to do one life left as a radio show in a radio studio where we'd sit there, wouldn't we, Simon? We'd hit physical buttons, buttons that rarely broke. Um, buttons you could trust. Yeah, sliders that you'd move up and down depending on how loud you wanted things to be. Now we use uh, a some virtual production software. Uh, runs on a web page. It's called Riverside FM. And normally this would feel like a paid-for advert, but let me tell you, listeners... <laughs> Right now, this does not feel like a paid-for advert. Uh, I'm based in South London. Simon's in uh, just outside London. And that's why we don't use a physical studio. But boy, do I miss that right now. Uh, Indeed, indeed. We're also a podcast. You can find the podcast at www.onelifeleft.com. 
uh, where you can see the show notes, which may be extensive this month, uh, uh, this week. I don't envy Phil, our under caretaker, having to stitch together a cohesive show from uh, this lot, or possibly adding the jingles and stuff afterwards. I remember when I had to do that, and it was not fun at all. We thank you for doing it, though, Phil. Yeah, thank you. Very, very, very grateful. We'll bring you. We'll bring you back something from Japan. Indeed, we will. Um, before we move on to other matters, though, Steve, uh, mm. we should just recap what was promised to be one of the biggest weeks in Grand Theft Auto history. <gasps> with the, <laughs> I forgot. Even <laughs> it's despite bit... all of the, you know, the word on the street and the atmosphere and all of that, I forgot. It's been a big. It's been a big week, Steve, as mm-hmm. we're about to discover. Okay. Is this? Um, oh wait, is this your? Is this your feature? It, it is my feature. Do it's you know, not my feature. It's gone. Do you know? I asked uh, ChatGPT. Yeah. I said. I said. ChatGPT. I run a radio show about video games called One Life Left with a co-presenter Simon Byron, where he finds clickbait articles and reads the headline to me. I have to guess what the article is really about. Can you come up with a name for the feature? Um, and it suggested bait and switch. Ooh, lovely! It's good, lovely. isn't it? That is good. Thank you, Chat GPT. It's it's moved away from that actually now, and has just become <laughs> about gaming bible trying to get up <laughs> in the search rankings for GTA Six whenever there's some news about it. Okay. But boy, they've been churning out some rubbish this week. Mm-hmm. Um, the headline: GTA Six fans slam Rockstar following latest announcement. Um, now, this was written on uh, the 25th of October. Uh, regular listeners will know that uh, Gaming Bible had been long predicting that the trailer for GTA mm. 6 would drop this week. Well, it didn't, um, as our correspondent, Emma Flint, wrote. In a surprising turn of events that apparently nobody saw coming, Rockstar Games didn't announce the GTA 6 trailer as all the so-called leaks suggested. I would pretend to feign shock, but come on, deep down we knew the trailer wasn't going to drop. In fact, now I'm starting to wonder if it ever will. Um, She goes on. Yet, knowing that Rockstar is pretty much trolling us all at this point, Mm -hmm. hasn't stopped fans from slamming the devs for such deceptions. Arguably, the fandom, myself included, has done this to themselves. Arguably. But when you you can point fingers and get annoyed at someone else, that's often the preferred route to go. In case you missed the debacle of yesterday's Rockstar announcement, what we actually got, instead of a GTA 6 trailer, was a Red Dead Redemption online outfit yay seriously though it's not that the outfit doesn't look cool it's just not exactly exhilarating news when an entire community is nigh on yeeting itself into space whenever a certain game doesn't get an official reveal the community is yeeting itself into space whenever it doesn't so it's constantly yeeting itself into space so uh i mean the way that that's written Puts the blame entirely on Rockstar for not doing what How everybody... dare you? We picked a day out of thin air <laughs> and we got well, ourselves all excited and nothing happened. And you had the temerity to release an outfit on Red Dead Redemption on that date. Steve, it goes... It, the, the, the ramifications are much... Much worse for Take-Two. Um, WePC.com wrote on October the 26th. Uh, so the... <laughs> 
So the intro paragraph is, to nobody's surprise, the GTA 6 reveal hasn't dropped today. There's technically still time, but it's highly unlikely we're going to see anything today regarding GTA 6. This fact seems to have ruffled a few feathers of those who own stocks in Take-Two Interactive. Rockstar's parent company, Take-Two's stock price, begins to fall as GTA 6 reveal reveal trailer is nowhere to be seen. That's what they're like. They're, they're, they're there. You know them all on over the, on Wall Street yeah, going, the, is it out yet? On the floor, on the floor going, I don't think it's going to drop. Sell, sell. And if, it, and if it doesn't come today, that means the game's never coming it's, out. That's it. <laughs> the story continues. Um, it's surprising to us that so many people believed it to be true and believed it enough that it actually affected the stock market. It's safe to say that we need something from Rockstar on GTA 6 before the public burn the entire company to the ground. <laughs> um, right, so, uh, so, the de- so the decline began on the 25th of October at 1650, then continued through to today, seeing a small pump at the beginning of October the 26th, likely the work of people buying stock to flip <laughs> for a quick buck after the GTA 6 reveal trailer. It is likely. It's likely. It is likely. <laughs> Over likely. the last two days, take tox stock has fallen 4.8% and will likely to continue for a day or so more. Mm-hmm. It then says, might be a good time to buy if you're looking to own a piece of the action. <laughs> what action? It then says this under in italics. We're not financial advisors, no. nor do we trade regularly <laughs> no. in the stock market. So please do not take anything we say as financial advice. Really, we PC do wepc.com should we not treat anything you say as actual journalism either Simon, so anyway yeah. i've just i've just checked uh and yeah. take two's stock hasn't moved while you've been doing that because the market's not open yet okay it, but nintendo stock fallen 1.06 percent since your news story People are burning Nintendo to the ground. Uh, just popping back to Gaming Bible, finally, to recap, you know, a really mm. um, traumatic week for, for everybody involved in the fandom. Um, the headline is, Steve, and perhaps you can guess what this story is about. GTA 6 will be unplayable for a huge chunk of gamers on release. That's the headline. What's it'll the story? Un- <laughs> it'll be unplayable. <laughs> For all the people on Wall Street, because they won't be able to see through their tears. Uh, it'll be unplayable for the people who haven't bought it, for a start. They won't be able to play it. True. It'll be unplayable for the people who have systems where it's not playable on. They won't be able to play it. Can't play it on a Spectrum, Simon. Not yet. Um, it could. It could be tied in. To I saw that there is there has been a news story this week about how Nintendo. Oh, this is Nintendo related though. Uh, I was going to say Nintendo have uh, put in uh, some guidelines on using third party controllers. I know actually Microsoft have updated something that stops people using third party controllers as well. So it could be to do with that. It's not. It's okay. to do with the fact that apparently the PC version won't be very good. I mean, do they know that? Sorry, might not be very, might not be very good. Which is uh, the same as unplayable for a large number of, yeah. Exactly. Perfect. Thank you, Gaming Bible. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I feel that this 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 part of our show has run its course, but they don't seem to realise that, yeah, do so. they? Uh, it's time for the letters. I have no idea, Simon, how much of the show is left because my timer is absolutely screwed given what's happened today. 
Um, do you know how much the show's left, roughly? Uh, we started about just after half past, didn't we? So. Okay, fine. Um, time for the letters. Email, messages and forward beasts. One life letters. I do not know what is going on anymore. Zubair writes in the Discord. Uh, thank you for being in the audience for the live show, Zubair, and apologies. Sorry. Uh, Zubair writes, hello team and CB 1.1. Sorry for the gap in sending a letters. I always miss the deadline. We've had two fire alarms last week and we had to marshal staff to the assembly point each time. All was well, but it was not interesting. Fast five. What are five games with fire, Steve? Love the show, Zuba. Ooh, five games with fire. Mm-hmm. Every game has fire in. Burning Rangers has fire. Also, you can't just rebrand Simon Byron's Fast Five just Fast Five. You can't take that off the back of it. Burning Rangers has fire in it. There's fire in Baldur's Gate 3. There's fire if you kick the ball really hard in Captain Tsubasa. There's fire in Bangayo all over the shop. And there's fire in Minecraft. You're much better at that than I am, aren't you, Steve? Yes, because you uh, you keep a cool head when uh, when the flames are around you. Hey, very, very good. Uh, I was just trying to get my inbox. I've not managed to find that. I have managed to lose the window where you are. Okay. Uh, oh, I found you again. Um, did we have a letter? Any, any in the online? Uh, I, I can't see one either. I don't think so. All right. Oh, uh, yes, that was it. That's it. That's uh, it. Good. Short letter section this week. Thanks for saving the day, Zuba. Well done, Zuba. Um, if you have any letters you want to send to us, listeners, um, please, you know, keep them on the topic of video games rather than technical problems, unless you're offering your sympathies. Uh, you can do so by emailing team at onelifeleft.com. Perfect. All right. Uh, any other business? No, just so that next week will be our last show before we go to Japan. And I expect we will record two out there, Steve? I reckon we'll do two. Maybe one in the lounge. One in the lounge. On the way out we're there. queuing up for the shower. Uh, one at Nintendo Land on a mushroom with Princess Peach. Do we have to do I anything th- about that or are we not doing it anymore? Well, I don't know. Um, our uh, host has said that it might be quite difficult to get down there and it might cost, cost quite a lot of money. So I said, let's work out what we're going to do once we're there. <laughs> Deferring. All right. Perfect. Mm. Um, okay. Time for reviews. I can't believe everything is working again. <laughs> People dropping in now. They'll be like, oh, it's just been a normal show. Mm. It has when, not. In a sense, it well, in a sense, it has been <laughs> up to the usual standards. It's always this funny. Um, Simon, <laughs> what have you been playing this week? Well, Steve, uh, I uh, this week I've done a couple of things. Um, I bought EA Sports FC uh, on Thursday or Friday, uh, and I've been thoroughly enjoying that. Crikey, that is technically impressive football game. Um, uh, you know, which is an accurate simulation. Of all things football, although thankfully, I was going to say not down to the state of QPR. Are you are you playing as QPR? I am playing as QPR. Mm. We've conceded two. It's Christmas, and we've conceded two, three goals actually, uh, all season. I've had to knock it up to pro difficulty, but I am enjoying it. It's excellent. It's really just really excellent. Uh, Seven out of ten. But the game, um, 
I've been most disappointed by this week was um, Metal Gear Solid as part of the remastered collection, which there were some concerns about how well Konami was treating its source material ahead of launch. Um, but even I wasn't prepared for how bad the actual experience of, try- of playing Me- Metal Gear Solid was, um, not just these days, but in this form. Um, for some reason on Steam, the game comes um, as uh, sort of one main menu, um, which has um, two of the older Metal Gear games on it and the bonus material um, as part of it that you then go on to download from Steam. And that's, you know, that's one way of doing it. I will say that the music within that menu is spectacular. Um, it, you know, not worth the price of paying but it's very very good separately though uh the three other games come as different apps and you know i'm, I'm not sure if you remember playing metal gear solid on the playstation ste and i know that my you know as i get older my memory is hazy but what i don't recall when i played metal gear solid the first time round was having to log on to steamdb.com <laughs> um and find a workaround which involved um covertly installing two language packs that konami had forgotten to add to the main steam package so that you could boot a version of the game that i wanted to play um which is what uh, happened at launch you could not launch metal gear integral version um because there were some language packs missing and it just took you to the steam store where you couldn't access them so that was fun once you got it up and running um, it's just a really bad version of a game that I'm afraid to say has not aged well um, and that I um, I play for an hour or so. I died multiple times and just thought, oh, this is a really bad way to appreciate a game that I loved many years mm. ago. I'm going to stop playing it right now. Seven out of ten. Now, I'm still con- I'm still thinking about maybe firing up Metal Gear Solid Two and Metal Gear Solid Three. Beyond those, both of which um, apparently are more playable in their uh, current forms, and um, there's a suspicion that there's some input lag on Metal Gear Solid One, which is making an already slower placed game with sort of old fashioned controls harder. I mean, I don't remember Metal Gear being quite as frustrating as I found it to be so far. Um, but then the, the other parts be like, oh, you know. Those that are watching can see the Metal Gear post uh, mm-hmm. art that I've got in the shed wall. I came quite close to coming in and actually setting fire to the shed, Steve. <laughs> Seven out of ten. Uh, I have also returned to a game uh, that I played, as I said, a couple of years ago. And that game is Cyberpunk. Oh, I, I, I may well start a new run on the flight over to Japan, <laughs> Steve. It's all ready to go. So I played Cyberpunk on launch. Uh, Cyberpunk obviously had a launch that was clouded by lots of technical issues. Actually, it worked fine on my PC and was not a problem. I got bored of it about seven or eight hours in. But I've heard that as well as fixing all of those technical problems, there's been a lot of work put into the systems in the game, particularly like the skill trees and things. So I was, I've been itching for something like that actually ever since I played Starfield. Not because Starfield was so good and interesting, but kind of the opposite. It's so bland and boring and there's nothing there that I really wanted to play a sci-fi game that felt crafted and interesting. So I installed it yesterday, tried to run it, it crashed immediately, uh, which was a surprise, and turns out I had to update my graphics card drivers, which I didn't know was a thing these days, but I did. 
uh, and then played it. And yeah, it it does all of the things that Starfield doesn't. It immediately feels like being in a compelling, interesting universe with a decent storyline, with good writing. Visually, it is a league above Starfield. Like, it makes Starfield feel like a game that came out 10 years ago, which I guess, you know, everyone knows because it uses the uh, Skyrim engine and it's, it's dated in, so, in that respect. But also, as a, you know, a gameplay experience, Cyberpunk just is slick. Like, you do all the tutorial bits without it ever really feeling like a tutorial. You are an engaging story right from the start. Although I did branch off and play a game in the arcade for about 25 minutes, which is just an endless runner thing. Um, I'm just really, really enjoying it. Like, in <laughs> in a way that, I don't know, I never did with Starfield. I, and I don't like trying to... I don't know, frame one game just by another game's failures. But it, that was my overwhelming impression was, my God. I, I sort of left Starfield fe- feeling this is just very average game. Um, it's just, it doesn't do anything exceptional. It's just bland throughout. But it's fine. And now I feel like I was almost too kind to Starfield. It Starfield provides no compelling reason to play it at all. Um, but everything Starfield does... Uh, Cyberpunk does much better, and the bits of Starfield that you know are are like in there that you know. Well, Starfield has a big universe. No, it doesn't. It just has locations dotted around that you fast travel to. Starfield has you know factory building. Well, sure, but in a way that is a thousand times worse than satisfactory, and might as well not be in there. Starfield has trading, or you can run characters around the universe. Sure, it does, but it's all boring and it's bland. The bit of the game that is finished is a terrible, terrible game. Uh, Cyberpunk seems really, really good, and I'm not sure why I dropped out of it seven hours in before, but maybe we're going to find out in a few more hours' time. (laughs) Seven out of ten. Yes, I I want to start it again, again as well, so Mm. looking forward to it. That's it. I think that is probably it, Steve. Although who, we've who no knows? idea, no idea, uh, because someone uh, and probably me for the radio version is going to have to sew this together after we shut it down. I'm glad we recovered near the end, uh, but sorry to everyone for the technical problems. Weirdly, there's a lot of stuff you can blame on One Life Left, <laughs> but that isn't one of them. That isn't our fault. It is a bug we have reported twice before. <sighs> anyway, good to see you, Simon. One yes, more show until that. Tokyo, yep. um, and then uh, a couple of shows after that. Very, very excited. But until uh, until then, until next week, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks to Resonance for putting up with us. Sorry. Sorry. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.